0: Hey, it's Jen Garrett here and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready, it's your time to move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Now, if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And now get ready, lace up those cleats because today inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Mr. Rob Thompson. Rob is a 30 plus year sports and media executive, entrepreneur, author and angel investor who spent majority of his career with the National Football League, the Arena Football League and the Walt Disney Company in roles uh, focused on grassroots player and fan development and family facing entertainment. As an entrepreneur, Rob was part of four sports startups and three exits, which we'll talk about in the show. And Rob also played college football and was inducted into the University of New Haven Chargers Hall of Fame in 2009. Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Well, 2.0, you know, it's a good one.
0: Yes, yes, 2.0. So for those listening, we tried to record this previously, and I was having all kinds of tech issues. It was very embarrassing. I was blushing. I was panicking. Uh, When you're trying to produce a show and things don't go right, it's not fun because you always expect it to go perfect. And as we know, life isn't perfect. And so we just have to kind of roll with it. So I appreciate Rob being on the show now. And I'm going to do something different here. If you've been listening to the show, or if you've read my Move the Ball book, then you know that a fundamental concept that I always drive home is that you are like the quarterback in your own life. And it's up to you to take action to drive that ball forward. So as the Move the Ball podcast host, I like to think of myself being the quarterback here. And so for all you American football fans out there, what does a quarterback do sometimes when he's on the field? He audibilizes. So I'm going to call an audible today and completely shift up where I I was going to go with this conversation to kick it off. And I appreciate Rob being flexible and rolling with it. So what I want to start off doing is talking about adjusting and adapting and overcoming with COVID because what I've seen is there are so many people that when 2020 ended and we hit new year, so many people thought that it was like a light switch and everything was just going to be great again when we came in the new year. And it hasn't really been that way. It's been more of the same. We're still in a state of uncertainty. There's still a pandemic. There's still a lot of negativity and sadness in the world. And so we've had to adjust and adapt and overcome. And so, Rob, what I wanted to do is let's talk about your journey since 2020 and the pandemic. And what have you done in your life to really navigate in this new space?
1: Well, I think... I, this is a great question. And it makes it made me think a, a, real, a lot about just kind of where my mindset was at the time. And the, the thing that I look back at is when, when we went through 2008, 2009, 2010, when the economy just crashed and we all thought, well, what's going to happen? We went into my wife and I and family went into a complete shift. We did the same thing in 01 after 9 11. We sold everything and we moved to upstate New York. In 2008, 2009, I shifted and I said, we got to go all in on offense because we didn't, after 9-11, we said, we want to change things up. We were working in New York. We were working in the city and we moved upstate and in 2008, 2009. We made a change and I took a job out in Burbank, California with Disney. We kind of, we came to this place again around May or June and we looked at each other and we're like, here we go again. (laughs) You know, what do you want to do? I think this is a change. The window is open. Let's go on offense. Let's not wait to see when the market's open. Let's proactively change, you know, our latitude and our attitude, so to speak. And we um, sold everything we had in upstate New York after we moved up there after 9-11 and we sold everything we moved down to Florida. Um, and it has just been such an incredibly positive experience because we decided to not wait around because it worked for us already twice, although they were completely what seemed like insane moves, right? And not at a great time. I mean, to pick up a move during the pandemic down here, when we couldn't even go into see houses or see apartments or even have anybody come into our house when we sold it, we just said, you know, we went through this before. And it worked out for us twice. Let's give it another shot and do it again. And it it has been the a- absolute best thing that we did, you know. And I think when you wait around and wait for the world to happen, it's never going to be exactly what you imagine it to be. So you have to what we've learned is to create our own chapters and to create our own control of our lives and our business and and personally. And it's worked out for us. I mean, it hasn't been without challenges and second guessing and Buyers and sellers remorse. You know, certainly it's like because God forbid you hit a little bump in the road. You're like, oh, that's it. we we shouldn't have done it, but we knew through experience that if we're doing it for the right reasons, that we're not running away from something. We're running towards something because if you're running away from something, the baggage is still coming with you. Right, your bills are still coming with you. Your problems are still coming with you. Everything's going to be dragged with you. Your kids are still coming with you. Uh, but when we decided that the window was right, we're doing it for the right reasons you have the universe is kind of clear and your karma, so to speak, is kind of clear, and your mind's clear and your attitude's clear, then it works. And that's kind of what our transition has been. So it's actually worked out for our benefit. A lot had to do with the real estate market being so great. And um, us having been able to take advantage of that with equity in our home. So, you know, that helped a lot. But... Um, you know, those. Are, I think when you kind of look at things instead of saying, "Well, always me. What am I going to do? Gosh, I hope my job is still going to be around. Um, what's going to happen with our careers? Oh my gosh, you know, am I locked into my whatever, whatever it is in your life? I can't move, leave my family and friends and all those things. Um, and a lot of times you can't. You know, you're just locked in for whatever reason. You know, you may have a job that you have to be there. Um, but anyway, so I, I was remote. My wife uh, sold her business, which was a hair salon, and and here we are. So. That, that was a long answer.
0: That's great, though. I think it's so important. You mentioned, too, playing on offense, which is a term that I like to use when I'm doing different talk- speaking events or working in workshops and corporations. And so playing on offense is something that we think about a lot uh, for those that are familiar with the football space, either as a player or a fan. And so when you think about football, because you did play, been around the space in an executive capacity as well. What are some of the other lessons that you've learned from football that you've taken away to help you to be successful?
1: Great segue. (laughs) Even with a loss or no, there's always tomorrow, you know, and I think it builds calluses on you as a business professional. The things that I've learned in athletics was, man, the losses are so tough, but somehow, the coaches were a- always able to say, forget about it, leave it behind, and let's get it tomorrow. So to equate that to business was like, maybe you lost a big client or a big job or, man, I should have had that. Well, it wasn't in the cards for you or whatever happens. There's always tomorrow to start over again. We use a phrase that Philip Rivers, if you know who he was, he was a quarterback with San Diego for a long time in and out in Indianapolis. He used a phrase, Nuke Chepi, and our athletic director now at our university uses a lot. Nuccepi means now I begin. In in Latin terminology, it's kind of translated to now I begin. I'm probably saying it wrong. So I always kind of, we use that phrase a lot of now I begin, meaning, you know, if you don't get the sale, if you don't get the job, you know, maybe a relationship, something, an argument with the family, whatever it may be in your life. If you think about Nuccepi, now I begin, at that moment, you got to start over. You got to begin again. And there's a lot of, you know, it's not obviously, it's never easy to do that but it's all about 90% of it's in your mind. So you have a big loss, you know, in sports, we'd have a big loss and oh my, how do we lose that game? And that next day you think it's the end of the world, but now you start watching the video, you break it down, you see the things that you've done wrong, you see the things that you really you've done well, and you you kind of focus on the next thing. And then the next play, the next day, then the, here comes Monday, here comes Tuesday, and oh my gosh, now you're not even thinking about that loss. In reverse of that, when you have a big win, you you're able to celebrate it. So if you think about your life and you think about your career, and especially if you're in sales or business development, or if you're buying and selling, whatever, whatever role it is, you get a big client and you're so excited, gosh, let's go out for lunch, let's go out for dinner, you celebrate it. Then you start thinking, oh my gosh, now we got to do it again, right? Now I nuke Cheppy. now I got to start over again, or now I can fulfill that obligation to that client or whatever that order or that big prospect, whatever it may be. Same thing with sports is you get a big win. You get that night, you get about four hours to enjoy it. Or some of us would get about eight hours to enjoy it. And then you get up the next day, you got to start over again. Nuke Chepi, doesn't matter. You won, you lost, doesn't matter. You got to do it. It's the same thing with business. It's the same thing with relationships. The same thing with, with things that happen in your personal life and your business life. So that was the calluses that I started building as an athlete that carried over into business. To be able to have thick skin, you know, I spent 18 years of my life playing a, that that well, m- multiple sports, but professionally, also was was coaches yell, coaches scream, coaches break it down, coaches tell you things that you probably need to hear, but you don't want to hear. Sometimes teachers and other mentors could tell you the same thing, but when you get into workplace and you're held to a certain level, and you have bosses, and you have managers, and you have owners, and you have coworkers, it's the same thing. They're going to ride you. There's going to be people that aren't going to like you. There's going to be people that are gossipy. What I found is, especially in sports, we call them locker room lawyers or cancers in the locker room. You hear a lot of people talk about when you're building a team. We have those guys in the locker room that huddle in a corner. They always got a comment to make. They're always complaining about the coaches or the food or something. They're always complaining. You find that in business and people that you work with or people that work for you. You know, those are the folks. To me, they're always—I always call them cancers in the locker room. You got to carve them out. Doesn't matter if they're your best on your sales team because they bring everybody else down. Sometimes when you have that great athlete on your team, he's a stud. I mean, Antonio Brown is a prime example of that. You know, for those who know him, he was a, a great receiver in the NFL for many years. Then, you know, he—he—he he, he was a star, and then all of a sudden, he became the cancer. He—he he became the problem. He was a distraction, and. People got rid of him after a while, but he, he popped up again because he is a talent. But when you have employees or staff or when you work with people around you that are like that, it's very challenging and very difficult. So as an athlete, we dealt with that a lot and we managed it internally as best we can as peers and coworkers to kind of squash the drama, squash the negativity. No one likes that part of it anyways. And focus on the positive stuff. Focus on having fun. Focus on the the general goal that we have together as a as a team or a business is to do one thing. Yeah, you got to deal with a ton of different personalities. I've done a ton of, a ton of uh, objectives and agendas, and then also a lot of insecurities that people have. You know, they throw each other under the bus and make themselves look good because the boss isn't paying attention to them. Or I'm smarter than Sally. Or I'm smarter than Rob. Or I'm. Right. There's a lot people always have to prove something, you know. But when you go down that road of negativity and gossip, you'll never get ahead. You'll never be the VP, you'll never own a business, you'll never be the star of your team. It just doesn't work. It never has. So those are the things that I've taken from sports and I transition it over to business and look at it, it's still about people, it's still about egos, it's still about talent. But, you know, attitude and effort times your talent is going to equal your career. has been the formula I always I came up with. And if you look at that, it's your attitude, how do you show up every day? You know, are you smiling? Are you positive? Are you, are you not phony, but organic? You're not going to have every day. It's going to be great. But for the most part, are you showing up in that locker room every day with a good attitude on the field and practice in the weight room? Are you doing those things in work? Is your effort there? Are you the one that, you know, are you showing up? with the right attitude every day, with a great effort, you know, and no one's asking you to work 10 hours a day, but the hours that you do put in, are they, are they meaningful? Are they impactful? Right. Are you, are you fulfilling what you told people where you do on the time that you're going to say you're going to do it? And then, you know, what's your talent level, you know, what's your skill level. And that's going to determine what type of career you have, whether you are just going to be a coordinator or a manager, you know, of kind of a, a part of the team? Are you gonna be like a special teams player, you know, within your team, within business? Or are you gonna be a leader? Are you gonna be a vice president? Are you gonna be someone that's gonna drive your business, that's gonna really manage high-level decisions, whether it's operations or whether it's marketing or whether it's sales and revenue generation. You know, those stars are the ones that overcome all the drama of the talent, but they they show up every day with the right attitude. They might not always be the nicest people in the world. But their attitude is projective towards how can I serve you? How can we make this thing better? And guess what? Let's all just put in a great effort today. And you know, when you look back at your your careers, if you're those of you listening, you know, think about where you were, where your mindset were, what what was your attitude like, what was your effort like? You know, if we don't like a job and we don't like our boss, typically we don't put in a good effort and we bitch. You know, so your career is not going to be very good and very long. And and if you could overcome those things, you know, wherever you are right now in your career, whether you're at the end of it or at the middle of the beginning, regardless of the situation, because there is no perfect situation, even when you own the company, it's not perfect um, or the business. Um, think about the steps and everything. You Be careful what you say every day. Be careful of your words. Be careful what you write and think about your attitude, effort and your talents. And when you look back at all of those things, there's so many things that, I personally have done in my career and, and, and in life that I wouldn't be able to get to this point to tell you that until I made my own mistakes and went down those roads of negativity and went down those roads of lack of effort um, for whatever reason and not focused and always uh, me feeling sorry for myself and figured out how to kind of kick myself back up in the, in the pants and get going again. And surviving it. Nothing was ever great. And, you know, all of our startups that we have, some of them were very good and some of them failed miserably. You know, lost a lot of money doing it, you know. And yeah, we learned, but I don't want to learn at a cost of a lot of money, you know? So um, anyways, I don't know. I just started rambling on all of this, so I don't even know if I answered the question.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I think it's great. It's very powerful. And it definitely aligns with things that uh, I've been saying ever since the beginning of this podcast. I, I end every podcast with the phrase suit up, show up and move the ball. And really, what's important is how do you suit up in the morning, right with that mindset? What are you thinking? Are you ready to go? Do you have that right positive energy? And how are you showing up to each day? What kind of energy are you bringing into the workplace into whatever space you're going in? Are you energizing your teammates around you? Because that's what great leaders and great athletes do as well. It's not just about the talent, right? But it's also about how do you fire up the rest of your teammates around you too? And are you putting in the effort and the work to move the ball and get things done? And just as I was listening to you, I was thinking about my own career. I spent 20 years in corporate America, climbed the the Fortune 500, or I was in Fortune 50 companies, the ladder and I did it very young and people would always ask me about that. But it comes down to I suited up every day with the right mindset. I showed up and I was ready to work and also you know, to energize the team. So I think that your answer, it just goes with everything that I believe in and that I stand for with Move the Ball. So I think it was fantastic. So thank you for that.
1: Good. Same page. We're same. <laughs> yes. P- it's amazing yes. what you learn, right? Along the yes, way. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I guess I'll just say, because I do want to talk with you about this too. I mean, you've spent quite a bit of your career in the sports space, and I'm obviously doing some work in the sports space now. And people have reached out to me over the years and are like, Jen, I want to get into sports. How do I do it? And they're looking for this magic answer from me. And, I'm, and they're like, you know, but I don't know any contacts. And I'm like, you know what? When I started, I didn't know one single person that played college football, that played professional football. When I published Move the Ball, the book, the first edition, All I knew was football and the lessons that it taught from studying the game over the years. And I put in the work to expand my network and there was a lot of rejection along the way. But every day I suited up, I showed up and I did things to try to move the ball forward. So as someone that's been in the space, as I know there are people listening that are interested in sports careers, what advice can you give them from your journey and things that you've seen along the way to help them kind of accelerate or to help them get going in the space?
1: Well, I wrote a book, um, you mentioned it, it's How to Land Dream Job If Dad Doesn't Own the Team, and then, and then a second edition, A Sports Dream Job. I wrote it because I was one of those people. I did have enough luck coming out that I did coach college football. I was lucky enough that I was asked to come back after I was done playing to, to coach at Boston University. And what I found out now that I look back at that is I discovered what I, I didn't want to do long before I figured out a career that I loved or what it was really meant for me that kind of fit into what I was, what I enjoy doing every day. And I loved, to loved love the recruiting side of it. And I didn't so much like the coaching side of it, but I'll get back to that piece in a second. The advice that I get would give is ultimately what happened and how I got to work for the NFL is I volunteered. Um, even though it was, it was a, it was a program that, uh, from a team in the league started, it was a youth development program called play football. Now the league calls it play 60, but back then they called it play football. And I came in right at the beginning of this and it was a pilot program. And I got asked to go be part of it and coach and volunteer uh, for the weekend. And I was already married, had kids and I was, you know, I said, sure. You know, I was working as a, you know, not in the industry, I was a juvenile state juvenile officer in Connecticut. I was a criminal justice major, so married, couple of kids, pretty secure job. I was running my own camps. I was still scouting for the European leagues, and I had a foot in still coaching slash you know scouting and had a nice steady secure job. And uh, I get a call from we get a call or we got a letter, and it and basically invited us to volunteer for this new flag football program the NFL was putting together. So I did. I went in there with no preconceived notions. And I volunteered. And one thing led to another. I'm not going to get into it because it'll be another. But I ended up eventually um, getting hired to actually run the entire program. And it was a combination of a lot of things. But what I tell kids now that I mentor and that we career coach for them that are looking for and they're discovering a where they fit into the sports industry. And like everybody, you, you get stuck. And wh- how do I get in? Because they initially go towards the teams, the teams or the leagues or ESPN, the things that they see on TV, because it seems pretty cool, uh, which it is. But the that's like, if you think about it, you see those kind of memes that is like the iceberg and just the tip is coming out. That's the teams and the leagues. The rest of the industry is below the line blow the water that you don't see. Hospitality, travel, medical, sales, marketing, social media, management, me, um, just, just player development. There's so many agency, business, legal, finance, technology. There's so many pieces and so many ways to get into the industry. And so the first thing I always tell them, the first thing you need to do is volunteer. Just volunteer right? You see somebody out there that you're following their podcast, reach out to them and ask them if you could be an associate producer or could you help them? Could you write articles about their podcast? If it's like Dan Patrick or anybody else that you follow that you think is pretty cool, it's a great way to start. Guess what? Chances are they're not going to say no if you're going to volunteer. Volunteer for the 5K race. Volunteer at your local minor league baseball team or hockey team. Start somewhere by volunteering so you don't have to overcommit because remember the first piece of it is discovery. Like, do I want to get the sales? Do I want to be part of customer service? Do I want to be part of the game operations or the facility operations? Do I want to be in the technology side of it? Like, where do I, where do you want to be in it? You don't probably don't know, right? Because you may have come from a different career just to pay your bills and got a family, and it's hard to stop and call a timeout and pivot back into this. But if you slowly can do it, and if you can slowly volunteer. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, someone, one of my students that I was coaching, you know, I said, listen, start a podcast, call up every last team that you want to work for. You want to be in sales. Great. Call every last person who's in charge of every, every person who's in charge of, you know, chief of revenue, vice president of sales, vice president of marketing. doesn't matter. Call each one of them up or email them, find them on LinkedIn and ask them to be on your podcast. Cause you want to interview them about their career. So he practiced. I practiced a couple smaller ones, smaller ones, and he had the guts to start doing the bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones, and got those people on He was shocked that he got them on. You know, he really went. Then he started going to the ones, started getting smart. The ones that were hiring that had job postings for, you know, account executives. Started hiring, figuring out who the person was who's going to be the hiring or part of that decision. Started asking them to be on his podcast as well. And the five that he interviewed from the teams, all five offered him a job. So you have to be the resume. Let me connect with you on LinkedIn. It doesn't work anymore. Not unless your dad owns the team, right? Or you know somebody at the team. If you know nobody, then you have to be creative and use the tools that are available like LinkedIn, like podcasting, like Twitter, follow them, get to know them. Right. Get to know what they like. Start start commenting on their post, connect with them on LinkedIn. But always, always, always put a note. Let them know what your objective is. Right. Always. Yes. Right. So so all of those things are, I would say, to get into the industry, you have to discover what you really like and be honest with yourself. You know, if you don't like talking to strangers, chances are you're not going to be good at sales, you know, or customer service. You know, if you're a person that, if you like analytics and numbers, then data, sponsorship activation, you know, um, those types of positions. And guess what? 40% of the jobs that were available in sports this past year was in social media create content, content creation, content distribution, monetizing content, analyzing content. You know, so it's not the days of just smiling and dialing as your way into a minor league baseball team anymore is what can you do in the social selling space that's going to be creative? Do you have a website? Do you have a small business right now? Do you know the technology side of it? How do you and how is the industry where they're creating the next phase of how we watch, how we play, and how we uh, consume sports? It's happening right now. So uh, what we do at Gameplay and You is just that. It's We're at the intersection of of this this digital disruption that's happening throughout the world in sports, and that's in the tech space, and that's a little bit of everything. But, you know, so there's many ways into sports, and and 90% of them are going to be not traditionally through the door of a team or a league.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. I really like the volunteer reach out. It's not just about going after the teams. There's so many other levels to the sports industry besides the NFL or Major League Baseball or the team level. And I think you also uh, made a really great point about focusing on what it is that you want to do, what excites you, and then start connecting with organizations, with people that are in that space. But you have to have that clarity. Like everybody... Not everybody, but a lot of people that want to be in the sports industry because it's cool, it's fun. Who wouldn't want to be if you're a sports person, right? But you also need to know well what is it that you want to do, what is your passion, what drives you, so you can really put together a game plan to go after those types of opportunities or or create them. So you mentioned game plan, you your organization. Talk to us a little bit more about what you're doing in that space.
1: So after I, I did an exit from my last business. I was really in this position where we, in 2016, we sold the business to a private equity group. And I, and, it, and I wasn't ready to sell it yet, but the market was right or whatever. And I was kind of stuck. Like I didn't feel 100% fulfilled after because we really built a great business. And you know I, I stayed around enough to, to pick off a couple of different of our verticals, kind of carve them out, started running those a little while. Then I started advising some other startups in the space and dabbling a little bit, investing in them. And then I started working with other career seekers who wanted to get into sports. So I said, you know, you know, matching these people up to do, matching these two groups up to do kind of project work. And I said, there's so much great energy. You know, our founders, these startup founders need help. Usually they're one or two people shops and these career seekers, usually college kids or someone who's pivoting in their careers that just want to quote unquote volunteer to kind of get that inside look into, you know, what's happening in the industry and I matched them two up. And there was incredible energy between the two. I mean, both of them helped each other out. And that's how I formed Game Playing You. So I formed Game Playing You as a platform and an ecosystem that, that really organi- that organically built this community of startup founders, specifically in the sports tech space. But there's other non-tech you know, so there's a, there's a pro league in there and there's a bunch of other things, some wearables and, um, and then, so these start up founders, these really global innovators in sports and sports technology. Then there's, there's career seekers, these college kids or pivoters or change a career who are looking to kind of get immersed into the industry. And then there's what we call executive in residence. So they're typically angel investors, they're executives, they're consultants, they're entrepreneurs. So they're folks that are looking for deal flow. They're looking, number one, to help, right? They want to help mentor, they want to help coach, they want to help advise, but they also want to look at uh, investment opportunities. So this Game Playing You is that platform. It's kind of putting all these three groups together that creates this, this synergy to help with idea validation, support from execution and marketing and maybe biz dev and research. And then also kind of merger and acquisitions that happen along the way too. It's kind of, hey, there's a lot of people out there with similar ideas, say in the fantasy space, let's put you guys together. Maybe we can package you up and maybe there's IP in there that DraftKings will buy. Or there's a new recruiting platform for high school students, or there's a new wearable AI technology that measures the data of a pitcher's stride and a pitcher's technique. And maybe that's something that one of the, you know, the endemic, baseball companies would want to buy as as kind of an add-on to their services. There's so many different pieces of this um, that um, you don't know until you get everybody together and you start hearing the pitches, you start hearing the ideas and you start looking at things through someone else's lens that maybe you didn't see. But big piece of that is just the validation of the idea. Is it is it marketable? Is there IP in it? And do you have the skill set to execute on what you want to do, you know, on your business? And, and the last one is possibly providing some seed funding uh, to kind of help you get to the next stage, whether that's building out your MVP, your prototype app or whatever, your software. That's really, you know, that's what I've done. And, I, and the good thing is I've sat in their shoes. I know what it's like. I know how scary it is. I know how satisfying it is. And uh, for me, it's, it's really incredibly um, satisfying personally to be able to help as many people as I can and put some of my own sweat equity in it. So it's kind of a long-term play for me with a lot of these folks.
0: So that's, that's great. And where can people learn more about Game Plan U?
1: So go to Game Plan, if you go to Game Plan U, the letter U dot org, it's uh, everything's there and you'll, you'll be able to kind of follow through on a lot of the projects that we run.
0: Perfect. And we'll be sure to put all of those in the show notes. As well, so you can uh, you can learn more about Rob and also what he's doing. With game plan, you and and other projects. Um, so what I want to do now to kind of wrap the show, Rob, is I want to ask you seven fun questions as part of my what I call the two minute drill.
1: All right. Oh God. Are you yeah. ready? <laughs> are, yeah. you,
0: are you thinking back to two minute drills in college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's pretty-
0: Hopefully it won't be as painful. (laughs) All right, here we go. First question. What did you want to be when you were 10 years old?
1: A truck driver.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. How about who would play you in a movie about your life?
1: John Goodman.
0: Nice choice. Okay. How about what is your favorite vacation spot?
1: Walt Disney World.
0: It's a great place. Happiest place on earth, right? Absolutely. Next question is what is your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Love pistachio.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I like that one too. Um, how about what is a pet peeve of yours?
1: Insincere people.
0: Hmm. Yes, I can see. Yes, that that is uh... phonies.
1: People are just phonies and hypocrites.
0: Yep. Yep. Yes. All right. How about what book are you currently reading, or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: Uh, I'm reading The Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, and if and honestly, if I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's an amazing book, and how he writes it, it's a story. It's just incredible. I'm amazed by his memory and how he's able to put this thing together because it goes back to the beginning of Nike and how it started and the the incredible journey that he took along the way with with the Japanese factories and uh, uh, losing money, almost going out of business. Uh, It was incredible. Yeah.
0: I'll have to check that one out. Thanks for sharing that. And then the last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased. Who would you invite and why?
1: Great question. Um, George Clooney, because I think he's an incredible storyteller. Um, I would invite, uh, living or dead, huh? Um, Yeah, living or dead. I would love to have Frank Sinatra sitting at the table. George Clooney, Frank Sinatra, Jerry Lewis.
0: That'd be an awesome conversation.
1: Just think how hilarious that would be.
0: Yes. Do I get more?
1: Do I only get three?
0: Well, if you want to throw one more in there, I think you've got someone else. So give us another one. No,
1: no, no. That's good. We'll we'll stick with three. (laughs) I I think that's a great dinner party.
0: Yes, absolutely, love it. Well, as we close today's show, Rob, tell people how can they follow you on your journey. We talked about game plan, you, but uh, where are you at on social media? Where do you play the most, and how can people stay connected with you?
1: LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach me in that in that space. Um, if you're interested to follow me in my life down here in Sarasota, beat Florida, um, then it's at it's uh, at Rob Thompson Live. And uh, I do share a mix between gameplay and you and kind of the adventures that I have with my uh, wild family down here, you know, playing along the beaches and in the parks and all that other good stuff. So,
0: okay, cool. We'll put those in the show notes as well. And Rob, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Loved it. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you got some great nuggets out of our conversation and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up